You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode five of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line, it is the editor of the excellent Toolstation Western League bulletin, it is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Yourself? Very good, very good. We've had a bumper bank we holiday have. weekend of football, haven't we? I mean, have you had a nice weekend? Yeah, not too bad. Obviously, always a nice weekend when you get an extra day of it, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I think, that, um, and as you say, bumper weekend, two lots of, two pretty much two sets of uh, two sets of fixtures um, throughout. So, yeah, plenty to, plenty to look back on and plenty to have enjoyed over the weekend, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think from a footballing perspective, we could describe this as sort of the best of times and the worst of times, mm. couldn't we? Because having sort of lived under the the dark cloak mm. of the coronavirus pandemic for so long, bank holiday weekends like this are sort of one last hurrah for everybody to go out and um, and have a bit of a knees up over the weekend and, yeah. you know, go and do the things that we haven't been able to do for the last 18 months. And that really must play absolute havoc with um, managers' sort of selection lineups. Um but I mean, it does appear from um, you know from the results that we've enjoyed you know a really another really exhilarating um, weekend of um, of, uh, of Tool Station Western League action. Just before we get into that, uh, I, I will tell you that I spent the weekend down in Portsmouth. I went to um, I went to I took my family down to see my my mum and dad. I, I don't think there's any doubt that you know when it comes to Western League statistics, you know you are the oracle, you are the man. <laughs> I'll go that far, but well, I would, I would. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, you know, in terms of your other sort of footballing statistical knowledge, I mean, how how are you, for example, with the FA Cup? There or thereabouts. Let's let's see where you're going with this. Well, I am. Um, was rooting around in my old toy box okay. um, because I was had my had my kids with me and I was mm-hmm. trying to find something to keep them entertained, and lo and behold, I I came across a special edition cup final set. Uh, of Sabutio. Ah, okay. Now, uh, are you a man who has played Sabutio? I've dabbled. <laughs> You've dabbled in the dark art of Sabutio. I have. So, if I was to tell you that this was a special FA Cup final edition, mm-hmm. and if I was to tell you who the two players that were adorning the front of the box, would you be able to tell me the year of the oh, cup final? I'd, I'd be guessing. Uh, but well, I mean, it's a little bit like Popmaster, isn't it? This. Um... Guessing they are probably be one year out, but go on. All right then. Well, the the two players in question were Des Walker Oof. and Paul Walsh. Well, I've heard of I've heard of Des, so I don't know. It's either I don't know, late eighties or early nineties. I'll go something in early nineties, maybe ninety two, ninety three. Well, I'll tell you what I, we'll I'd, do. I'd, gonna... I'd hate to be badly out here. We are going to leave. We're going to oh, leave no. the listeners in suspense for the week. I, I you, you know, if you go and Google it, then you will find out the answer without using any brain power whatsoever. But you know, it's only for fun. Nobody's going to get rich doing this. Certainly not Tom and I. Um, but yes, anyway, there you go. So that's uh, that's our quiz question on this and week's. I'm sure most stage. of the listeners will do better than I will. So yeah, I wouldn't that. be. I wouldn't be too sure. I wouldn't be too sure. There's a little. There is a little curveball in there. But, okay. Uh, Anyway, is there? I don't know. Who am I to say? <laughs> anyway, um, but yes, that's your quiz question then. So FA Cup final Sabutio edition, uh, celebrating which cup final uh, with the box showing two players on the front cover, obviously both in kit. We won't we won't give it away by telling you which kits they were wearing, but mm-hmm. I can tell you that the players in question were Des Walker and Paul Walsh. Anyway, there we go. That will be covered on next week's podcast. Uh, a podcast. You've got me doing it now. That will be covered on next week's podcast. What we will be covering on this week's podcast is, um, well, obviously, we've got the fixtures from both Saturday, the 28th of August. And we will be having a look at the Bank Holiday Monday fixtures as well. Those, of course, on Monday, the 30th of August. Our interviews this week are with the Bitten manager, Dan Langdon. And our first division interview is with Ryan Child, the manager of Radstock Town. Now then, we will move straight into the fixtures in the Premier Division on Saturday the 28th of August and we start with Bridgewater United. Now this is really one of those most hotly anticipated matchups uh between the you know the old and the new. Bridgewater took on Saltash United and how did we get on there Tom? Well, it was a special afternoon uh, for one player in particular, uh Jack Taylor I think um you know people who listen to the 
the show or people who follow follow the Western League, um, they'll know they'll know about Jack. Uh, yeah, the, the main man for Bridgewater really over the last couple of seasons, and he's uh, yeah he's taken his tally uh, into three figures for the club now in terms of goals. Uh, he was sitting on 99 coming into this match, and uh, yeah he celebrated in uh, yeah the way only he could really score a hat trick. Of course he did, and a three 0 win for for Bridgewater. Um, just 10 minutes into the game, he he moved to moved to 100 goals for the club, so a special moment. Uh, and then, yeah, another penalty towards the end of the first half uh, made it 2-0. Uh, and then a header um, five minutes after the interval made it three, and that was how it stayed. So a good afternoon for, for Bridgewater, an excellent one for, for Jack Taylor. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Jack and congratulations to Bridgewater. And uh, really pleasing, obviously, for, for Jack that he you know, achieve that milestone in, in front of such a, a huge mm. crowd, 402 um, saw that, um, that very, um, you know, that, that, that win for Bridgewater United. So congratulations all round um, there. Now, two sides that um, um, haven't been enjoying such excellent fortune of Brislington and Clevedon Town, Tom. How did they get on? Yeah, indeed. Uh, a strong afternoon for, uh, for Clevedon, it turned out. A 4-2 win uh, for them away at Brislington. And it was one man who was, yeah, really influential in, in the victory, uh, Sid Camper. Uh, he scored twice and he also assisted a couple of goals as well. So, uh, yeah, couldn't have pr- probably done it without him. But, yeah, he scored both the goals in, in the first half, uh, opening the scoring after 20 minutes uh, and then producing, uh, an, well, a pretty a pretty good chip finish um, just after uh, Clevedon had been forwarded from the spot. So, it, um, yeah, could have been could have been tough for them to, to, to keep going, but he pushed on, made it 2-0. Uh, Kieran Proctor uh, did did pull a goal back for the home side, and that was his first for the club. So, uh, yeah, got Brisington on, on the board. Uh, but then Camper took over again, uh, and a couple of goals in the space of five minutes uh, from Sam Hedges uh, and then Elliot Nicholson, both from Camper assists, as I said earlier, uh, made it 4-1, pretty much putting them out of sight. Uh, and then it was Proctor who did strike again pretty late on for, for Brisington, but it was, uh, yeah, too little, too late. And, uh, yeah, that was their first first win of the season for Cleveland. So good afternoon for them on, on Saturday. Brislington have been um, have had a couple of difficult uh, results recently. Obviously, they were heavily beaten um, by Saltash. We reflected on that game uh, last week um, because of an injury to Tom Cleveland. And uh, I think you may remember I read out a message from um, Dane Bunny, the manager of Saltash, uh, talking about how Tom was a self-employed uh, individual who you know received the, the sort of the, the match. Um, expenses of of his colleagues. Well, he he received more than that because um, um, Brislington, um, this was tweeted out by Saltash uh, United, we would like to thank Brislington who have kindly donated the gate receipts from Saturday's game against um, Saltash um, to the player Tom Cleveland after his injury. A lovely gesture from a very welcoming and uh, and friendly club. So, um, you know, I appreciate that. Well, I'm sure Brislington will get back to winning ways soon enough, but just goes to show that there's more than one way to win in football and um, Brislington's certainly doing it off the pitch there. Uh, Exmouth Town, they um, they rather put poor old Cadbury Heath to the sword, Tom. Yeah, they did. Obviously, we well, don't like to dwell on, on the one-sided games uh, particularly, but yeah, I thought it was just worth mentioning a couple of, couple of hat-tricks. So, yeah, those, those sort of players deserve a look. Got mentioned, I think that was Jordan Harris, um, yeah, uh, and Ben Steer both scored, uh, both scored trebles for for the home side. But uh, yeah, massive, massive, uh, massive eight-one win for Exmouth over Cadbury Heath on Saturday afternoon. And finally, again, one you know, like the game we kicked off with, it's a, a, a real clash, clash of the uh, of the big boys, Helston Athletic um, against Bitten. Bitten travelled to Helston on Saturday, the twenty-eighth of August. How did they get on, Tom? Yeah, they, they ended up winning uh, 4-2. Uh, they did have to come from behind in this one. Uh, Craig Beal put in the home side ahead uh, after just three minutes. Uh, but yeah, then Bitten uh, managed to, to turn to tables pretty uh, pretty smoothly. Uh, Dean Griffiths scoring a, scoring a brace. Uh, and then there was also a goal from Jack Ball, his first for the club. So uh, put Bitten 3-1 ahead. Uh, Matt Groves then made it made it 4-1 uh, before Stu Balker uh, pulled a goal back. You know, 25 minutes or so uh, remaining. And there was a red card. Uh, to Sean Key a bit as well. So the league leaders did have to, to do it the hard way over the final sort of half hour. But uh, yeah, they hung on and a, a 4-2 win for them away at Helston. Yeah, uh, an outstanding uh, victory there um, for Bitten. And that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with an old friend of the podcast. It is, of course, Dan Langdon, the uh, the manager of, uh, of Bitten. Now, Dan has never 
um, had a lack of belief in his side. And um, we heard that in that incredible FA Vars run, of course, um, a couple of seasons ago. Um, but, I mean, a 4-2 win away at Helston. I, I started the interview by saying, surely that was even more than he could have hoped for. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I said we, for those that aren't aware, so we brought Kai Manfred in um, to the management setup. Um, he's coming as head coach, um, and we we haven't proved as a side since he's came in. Um, but to go to Helston and be one 0 down after well, just under a minute, um, and to turn it around and play the way we did, if I'm honest, it was probably the first time I've looked at us as a team before actually we could go all the way this season. So uh, yeah, very impressed, mate. Yeah, well, you rather stolen my thunder on the next question because I was going to ask you whether you feared the worst after going one down. So I'll, I'll ask it in a slightly different way because obviously you, you must have been on the road for quite some time. Were you concerned that the, that the long journey down to Helston um, was going to take something out of your players? Did that sort of add something, you think, to the performance and in particular the way that they fought back into the game? Yeah, I mean, the long journey was always going to be, you know, the tiredness in the legs. Um, was always going to be an issue, but in fairness, we got there in good timing. Um, we got there for one fifteen, so for me, we had plenty of time for the players to have some treatment and um, you know, get a little massage on the legs and, and get the blood flow going again. So, um, yeah, just, just perfect, mate. Um, now, going 1-0 down wasn't the only drama for you in the game. You did have to see out the last 25 minutes um, with only 10 men on the pitch. And although, um, you know, you were in a comfortable lead at the time, you must be pleased again with the sort of the resolve and the way that your side saw out the 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the character, the desire and hunger from the players and the will to want to win um, it was second to none. And, you know, they, they put their buzz on the line and, you couldn't ask for no more, and I think those players, you know, especially the ten obviously that ended, ended the game, deserved every reward, mate. So thoroughly uh, deserved. And that, did you have a good good trip back? We did. <laughs> yeah, we had. We, had, we certainly drank well, and uh, it's a long, long old jump, but um, it, the beers were uh, again well deserved. Excellent. Well, I'm sure a good time was had. Well, and it's, it probably helped that you had um, Bank Holiday Monday off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Although, uh, I think the, to be given that fixture in the first place, um, I think we deserve Monday off because uh, no, I think this, we, we could have played someone a bit closer to home. But there you go. Uh, well, it's early. It's much too early to say that a result like that is decisive in the season. Of course it is. But how much confidence does it give you? Um, you know, and, and it, not just sort of, you know, in, in the current form, but how, how you're going to go this season? Um, yeah, I mean... It's almost a perfect start. You know, six wins out of seven, one draw, so we remain unbeaten. My the concern is the amount of goals we're, we're letting in and the, the poor quality of the goals we're letting in. Um, but I think as a, as a whole and a team in general, um, confidence is high. Over the last few seasons, if you look at the league table, we've always been the team trying to play catch-up. Uh, we've won in the Plymouth Parkway the other year and, again, the last two seasons with Plymouth Parkway. Um, all of a sudden, we're the team now are uh, leading the pack and our mission to teams is come and get us. So uh, it does have a psychological effect massively. Let's talk about your preparations for this season. You mentioned briefly just now, you know, the change you've had in your sort of your coaching setup, but also, I mean, I see that you've been as busy as ever in the transfer market as well. Yeah, um, I mean, pre-season was actually quite bad for us um, because of COVID. Um, we had three pre-season games uh, postponed. You know, players couldn't always commit to training. I had some time off myself during pre-season, and so I'm even more relaxed how we started the season, to be honest. Um, and the changes within the, the management setup, um, obviously devastated to lose Rob Sage. Um, he's a great mate of mine and still remains. Um, and what he's done for the club and for me on and off the pitch has been phenomenal, really. And he's left the legacy here, and, but he's on to pastures new and. You know, when things like that happen, you can't sit back. You've got to, you know, deal with it straight away, which is what I've done. Uh, but bringing Kai in, um, obviously he's brought Lee Randall in with him as well, and they're both superb. And uh, the work they've put in already in the few weeks they've been there has been, uh, been top class. So uh, I think preparations moving forward are uh, certainly on the up. 
I mean, you've made some interesting acquisitions on the pitch. I see Jake Ball scored for you at the weekend. But, of course, you've also lost some talismanic players. I know we've spoken about Scott Bryce on previous interviews, and um, he's obviously hung up the brute, his boots. And, he, you know, his loss in the heart of defence is going to be a big miss for you. You never replace Scott Bryce, um, unfortunately. And he's, he's missed massively by me. Um, and by the supporters of being the football club. Um, like I said, players of, of his calibre, his leadership, you know, you'll never replace. Um, but no, we, we certainly miss him. And um, But look, the players you bought in are, are stepping up. Um, and we can't ask for no more from them. Um, we obviously have lost a few players as well. You know, the ones you bought in, the, the three lads from Bank South, um, they've all departed now, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, we bought players in, we lost some, and for some of the players it just didn't work out the way we all wanted it to be um, but that, that's football you know it is what it is I mean, just turning our attention to this season, you've sort of talked um, about, you know, your hopes but uh, I mean what is a good season for Bitten this this, this time round? For, for me I think anything less than promotion I would uh, deem as failure so I think you know the club have uh, supported us as a, as a team certainly as a management team um over the last four years, um, and I think this time round we need to we need to go and deliver on the pitch and make sure we get that final get that final hurdle this year. And um, top three is a good season, but I think if we're honest as a club, promotions what we're out to do. And you know I don't um, I don't deny that and, and sit back on his laurels. So we got to try and get that top spot, which is going to be tough, but no, we're in it to win it. Do you think it's going to be tougher than recent seasons? I mean, you've talked about the likes of Willand and Parkway, but, you know, we've seen this influx of Cornish sides and actually we've seen a renaissance in some of the you know sides from Devon as well. You know, I mean, Buckland have started this season in, in very good form as well. And that's not to say that there won't be challenges from other part, parts of the, uh, of the league. Everybody seems to have raised their game a little bit. Does that make it harder for you or easier for you? I think there's, you know, at the moment, I think there's probably 10, 10 or 12 teams that could win that league. Um, and mathematically, we can still get relegated yet, so it's, it's a long, long <laughs> season. Uh, but what I do find with our team, um, the players that we've got, is they do raise their game against, uh, you know, in fact, we just battle with anybody, any other team, what we say, the, the so-called better sides, um, we do raise our game. Um, and as a so-called weaker side, we tend to slip up against and drop the points against, but tough for us, I think the, the more we seem to react. Well, you know, picking up on that theme, you've got a pretty tough challenge coming up now because we're going to test those credentials that you've just set out. You've Your next two games are going to be Brislington and Ashton and Backwell. And, I mean, there is no point in winning away at Helston if you can't back up that result with, uh, with you know, with taking maximum points against uh, against those sides down at the other end of the table. Yeah, and again, on the flip side, you know, I've been a manager in the Western League that's uh, been fighting for survival, uh, you know, from from day one. Um, and the, the teams that are, you know, especially Ashton and Batwell, um, the Brisbane to be safe, and they're a good side, Brisbane, to be honest. And um, I watched them against Cabri, um Monday, um, and they are a good side. And I think Ashton and Batwell, they'll, they'll be fighting for their lives at the moment. Um, and they're hard teams to go in to go and beat. So. It's a bit contradictory, really, but you know, there's there's no easy games. I know that's a bit cliche, but that's the truth. I suppose the positive side of it is that actually we've seen already this season that teams at the bottom of the table are capable of taking point uh, a point or points from sides at the top. So I mean, you you can you know perhaps a wobble in the current climate isn't going to be as fatal as it has been in some you know in the last few seasons where we've seen the likes of Street run away with the league obviously Parkway were running away for, with the league you know it, it maybe there there is going to be a few more twists and turns to this season than we've seen a few, you know over the last few years yeah no definitely um you know I, I will say the you know with Parkway and stuff like that we always had games in hand and you know, should we? Although the season was cut short, I don't think we, we as a club, ever got really given a, a true reflection of where we might have finished up. So, but um, no, it's going to be tough this year, and I think it'll go down to the wire. To be honest, and consistency is key. And uh, this is the best start to season we've had for three years. So, um, 
we're just just looking at it as positive, positively as we can, mate. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you're certainly doing everything you can on the field. I suppose the the one last question, the elephant in the room, is you know, is COVID. You mentioned what it did to your pre-season. I think pre-season this time round was more affected than it was last last time round. I mean, you know, I, the the cliche, the greatest cliche in football is taking each game as it comes but in these in this current climate we, we we literally have to do that don't we because we just don't know how the virus is going to affect our our fixtures let alone our communities yeah you know and that's you know that it goes the same for the club so i think we're all on the same boat on that one which is um the only positive from it but um you know hopefully you know life for the most important thing um it's more important than the, the love of our game. So as long as people stay safe and and everything else, um, you know, the results can uh, be affected if they need to be, as long as we protect people. So. And my thanks to Dan uh, for his time. And if those, if that interview with Dan and Tom's uh, match report have whetted your appetite um, for uh, for what went on um, down at Helston, then there are some excellent highlights that you can find on Twitter. Um, it's, um, it's Mark Huckle from Pyron Films who's, uh, who's put them together. They've, uh, um, they've been retweeted, certainly by Helston, I'm pretty sure, Bittenab as well. And it uh, just goes to show the, um, you know, the, the, all of the highlights, all of the goals and incidents from that game. Um, it's really a uh, really great package, and we really like uh, highlighting things like that on the, uh, on the Western League uh, podcast. So well done, well done, Mark. And um, I'm sure we're going to be enjoying a lot more of those highlights um, throughout the season. Now, moving on to the first division, and we kick off, Tom, with, you know, it's it's my favourite fixture of the uh, of the Tool Station Western League calendar. It, it really isn't anybody else's. I've come to learn that over the years we've been doing this. Nobody quite gets this. Basically, the only thing that links these two sides, apart from the fact that they're in the first division, is the fact that both of their names start with Bishop. It is the Battle of the Bishops. It's Bishop Sutton, and it's Bishop's Lydiard. And who was the best bishop on this occasion, well, didn't particularly go with the form guy. Uh, it was a it's a win for the the away the away team. Lydiard uh, ran out two one winners um, uh, over Sutton. So obviously, yeah, the hosts uh, towards the top of the table. Lydiard, um, yeah, not not so much. They were yeah close to the bottom and the top. Let's put it that way. Uh, but yeah, they uh, yeah they earned a, a two one win um, at Lakeview. So that's a, a good result for them. Uh, Doug Camillo putting them ahead uh, after 17 minutes uh, before Open Buck. Of course, it was Open Buck. He levelled for uh, for the home side. Uh, that was his seventh goal in the space of three matches. Uh, obviously, off the back of a couple of couple of hat tricks. So uh, yeah, he was he was among the goals again. Uh, but it was the away side, as we said, who ran out ran out runners. Uh, Jack Bryant, uh, a 40, 43rd minute penalty uh, for them, uh, and they managed to hang on in the second half, and that was their first league win of the season. So uh, yeah, good afternoon uh, for the lids. And um, our next feature match takes us to the Theatre of Cheese, where the visitors were Wing Canton Town. But were they at the races, Tom? <laughs> well, uh, not, not not in the end. They, uh, yeah, three-two defeat for them, uh, Cheddar. But uh, yeah, pretty um, yeah, pretty remarkable ending to this one. Uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a pretty pretty close contest from all, by all, uh, by, all, by all accounts. Tom Richardson uh, leveling the leveling the scores in the first half uh, after Ethan Reed had put uh, put the home side ahead. Uh, Rick Bennett then restored Cheddar's lead, um, sort of just early in the second half, uh, before Harry Turner uh, then levelled for Wing Canton. So it was 2-2, uh, going into sort of going into the closing stages. Uh, but then a Callum Laird um, goal for goal for the home side put them 3-2 up, and obviously on their way to to victory it looked like. Um, uh, but then seven minutes into stoppage time, uh, Wing Canton were awarded a penalty, and uh, yeah, there's uh, yeah. There's, Bit of footage of this, uh, I think mainly mainly still still shots that I've seen, um, and uh, yeah, it's ruled that the uh, the keeper uh, Kieran Webster has, has made the save in the Cheddar goal, uh, so he's preserved their three two victory. Um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately for Wincanton, uh, yeah, just falling short of of claiming a point. But uh, yeah, I think there was uh, plenty of drama uh, and quite a lot of said after after the game. So that was good. Good to see a close contest between two of our sides, and it was there uh, Cheddar who did eventually run out three two winners. Yes, in- interesting to see VAR rearing mm, its head absolutely. in the Tool Station 
Western League. Um, yep. Obviously, I think it's it's inevitable, isn't it? Um, particularly with now, you know, we've all got cameras. We've all got decent cameras. In we'll our be there soon, now. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, something I'm, I don't think is entirely welcome by the uh, the refereeing fraternity. But mm. perhaps we'll be putting that to um, to Martin Cassidy uh, when <laughs> we next when we next speak to him. Poor old Martin's been a bit busy this week because he's 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 having a having a bit of a back and forth with um, with Neil Warnock at the moment but um hopefully when when he's um uh when that's calmed down a bit we'll be able to i, I certainly look for always enjoy our chats with martin mm. on the podcast and we'll, we'll be getting him back later this season absolutely um to have a chat with us about that but yes interesting developments there and um uh yeah anyway uh, our last feature game in the first division on saturday the 28th of august is olden abertonians Featuring the side that we really can't not talk about, it is Welton Rovers. And, um, I mean, obviously, they've been topping the table. They've been in fantastic form. The question is, Tom, did that form continue on Saturday? It did, yeah. Uh, well, really impressive 5-2 win away at Oldham. Um, probably, on paper, the toughest toughest test they've faced so far, Welton. But, they, uh, yeah, they passed it flying colours, didn't they? Um, yeah, Jake Slocum scoring twice uh, early, in the sec- early in the first half. And uh, also a goal from Will Gould, so that put them three ahead. Um, obviously, yeah, pretty much, um, yeah, home and dry, home and dry. You'd think. Uh, Chris Pyle then then came on uh, to make his 200th appearance for the club. Um, yeah, another 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 uh, round of congratulations for him. After we obviously mentioned uh, Jack Taylor earlier, but uh, yeah, of course, uh, Pyle did, um, did did celebrate that in the best way. Uh, he also scored a goal, so that put them four-one uh, up. Uh, and then it was Slocum. Uh, he's been, yeah, he's been really, really solid at the start of the season in front of goal. Uh, and he completed his hat-trick in stoppage time. So uh, a 5-2 win for Welton. And, uh, yeah, their, uh, their, their strong start continues. Yeah, just before we move on with our um, our trip around the matches from the weekend, um, those of you with eagle eyes will have seen that the game between Sherborne Town and Titherington Rocks was abandoned. And uh, the reason for that was because there was a serious injury to a, a Titherington Rocks player, Tom uh, Tom Rummels. At the moment, we're sort of waiting on news um, from Tom. I, I think from, from what I've seen on social media that, that, that the situation is good. But obviously having, you know, last week talked about the, the very um, sad injury um, uh, to um, uh, to Tom Cleveland from Saltash. It, you know, it's difficult to uh, have to talk about these injuries. You know, every week we don't like doing it, but actually, um, you know, if the situation with Tom proves anything, that you know, it's the fact that particularly for those who are self-employed, um, these injuries are really serious. And uh, you know, the fact that we lost a fixture. I mean, we've been talking in the run-up to this season um, about worries about the weather. And worries, obviously, about the coronavirus. We've, you know, we've lost games already to the coronavirus. Well, this was a, this was a salutary reminder of um, the old normal. Um, so our thoughts are very much with Tom, and uh, and I think it's, um, you know, it's it's really uh, important that we uh, hopefully we'll we'll get an update on how Tom Rummels is getting on. And indeed, um, obviously, the other Tom, Tom Cleveland, um, as well at Saltash. Um, hopefully, they'll be, you know, they'll be they'll be, be- uh, making a, a recovery. Uh, and um, I mean, I, you know, I, I ha- I, I'm sorry to say it, but there was also an injury, a serious injury in um, in the Premier Division on Saturday the 28th, and that was to the Millbrook keeper, um, uh, Sam Borthwick, um, who's likely to be out for several months after um, badly breaking his left wrist, saving a penalty um, uh, in that uh, in that Millbrook game against um, Tavistock. And um, I mean, I, I saw that tweeted out by uh, by Kevin Marriott. Um, who's uh, who's a journalist uh, and you know who covers football down in um, down in that part of the world. So um, you know our thoughts are with with those players because um, as much as it's great to have football back, it, clearly we're seeing you know we are seeing a few you know a few very serious injuries. Um, whether that's a symptom of the fact we haven't been playing for so long, I, I, you know I can't say. Perhaps what it's really a symptom of is the fact that you know we, we didn't have social media to the extent that we do you know a few years ago, and these injuries went sort of unnoticed. But uh, I think you know when we do see these things, we want to give our best wishes to all of those involved and, and hope that they make a speedy recovery. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. 
Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you. Anyway, I'll try and improve the mood now by bringing you up to date with fixtures from Bank Holiday Monday. And uh, in, the, uh, in the Premier Division, we will kick off at Millbrook. The visitors were Helston Athletic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, good, good response for, from Helston on, on Monday uh, after yeah, the defeat, which we did, we did, uh, we did mention earlier. So uh, yeah, 3-0 win for them at uh, Millbrook. And it was Kai Cornish. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, very much to the fore for them. Uh, he, uh, yeah, provided the assist for for Craig Veal's opener. Veal um, obviously scoring for the second game uh, on the bounce. But then, yeah, Cornish uh, striking twice in the second half, uh, helping Helston, uh, yeah, claim the, all three points. And moving on to another um, Cornish side, Saltash United. They were taking on Ilfracombe. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Ilfracombe. Um, yeah, brilliant comeback from them. Uh, Two goals down pretty early on, but they managed to, to eventually run out 3-2 winners. So, uh, yeah, a good, 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 good bank holiday for, for, for town. Uh, it was Ashes, as I say. The Ashes made a, made a really strong start and goals from Sam Hughes and Dave Barker uh, put them two goals to the good. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, Wilfred Coombe who, who hit back well. Gary Stevens, sorry, try that again. Harry Stevens scoring twice, um, drew, drawing them level. Uh, and then it was left to the captain, uh, Jack Jenkins, who hit the winner. And, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah. I think probably stunned stunned, stunned Saltash a little bit there. So a 3-2 win for Ilfracombe. And finally, in the Premier Division, Street took on, you know, the all-conquering Bridgewater United. Street haven't made the best start to uh, this season's um, Premier Division campaign. So surely there can only be one here, one winner here, Tom. Yeah, that's how you'd think it would, would play out. But uh, no, not to be. Um, plenty of late drama in this one. Um, yeah, Street eventually running out. 2-1 winners. Uh, it was uh, they who led. Uh, Harry Foster uh, scoring sort of quite early in the second half, putting them a, putting them a goal to the good, and uh, that was how it stayed until early in stoppage time. And uh, that was a, a Jordan Greenwood goal. Uh, drew Bridgewater level. Looked like it was probably going to be be a one-all draw. Um, but uh, yeah, managed to the the Cobblers that is managed to to get down the other end and uh, mount an attack of their own. Uh, awarded a penalty and uh, Jordan Leverbond uh, made no mistake from the spot. And uh, yeah, they ran out two one winners. So good, good, good win for Street over Bridgewater. And moving on to the first division, Bishop Sutton could they bounce back from that Battle of the Bishops defeat <laughs> against Bishops Lydiard? How many bishops is it possible to get into a sentence? There we go. I'm sure there's probably another joke in there. Anyway, um, Bishop Sutton against Portishead Town. Who were the winners here? They did uh, re rebound well. Uh, a two one win for them over Portishead uh, for for Sutton. Uh, Mason Dagger scoring the opening goal of the game uh, before Cam Shawnee then uh, doubled the hosts, uh, scoring from outside the air. I think his uh, his free kick was blocked and he sort of yeah, rifled home the the rebound. So that was a good finish, uh, put them two goals ahead. Um, Porter's head did pull one back uh, before the interval, but uh, yeah, Sutton managed to to hold out during the second half and uh, yeah, as we say, um, responded well to to the defeat a couple of days earlier. So back on back on the uh, back on winning ways for uh, the Bishop Sutton boys. And finally, uh, Radstock Town, the Miners, they were at home to the rampant Sherbourne Town. Um, Sherbourne, of course, had been in free scoring form, Tom. Uh, Radstock, perhaps, you know, by their own high standards, haven't really hit those heights just yet. But um, who came out of the victor here? It was Radstock, uh, a 3-2 win uh, for them over Sherbourne. It was the early kickoff, I believe, wasn't it? So one o'clock kickoff on, on, on Monday. So, uh, yeah. Going um, to enjoy in that one, and it was yeah the home side, three uh, two win for them. Uh, Craig Shepherd scoring in either half uh, for the hosts. There's also a goal from uh, George Walker Wiltshire, brilliant name. Um, that, so, is, uh, that is actually with a name like that, you'd think he was going to play for Arsenal, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's probably playing for the wrong team a little bit. But, uh, yeah, uh, a, a win for for Radstock. A couple of goals for Sherborne uh, during the second half from Alex Murphy and Aaron White. Uh, but yeah, they just fell a little bit short the zebras, and so it was Radstock who uh, yeah took home the three points. Fantastic. And, um, well, you know, he's one of the managers that I always enjoy talking to on the Tool Station Western League podcast, uh, you know, a manager that I'm um, pleased to say that um, I've followed for a few years now. It's Ryan Child, the manager of the uh, the Miners. Uh, it's great always to get uh, Ryan on. And I started off by asking him, well, a mixed bag of results over the bank holiday weekend, Ryan. So which is the real Radstock town, the one that lost at Gillingham or the one that beat all-conquering Sherbourne? That's a good question. Um We've had a really, really tough start 
to the season with availability. Um, to give you some context, the game against Sherbon was the first time that we've been able to put out two centre-backs and a out-and-out out striker and an actual person that plays up front for 90 minutes within a team. So that gives you some kind of idea of, of how we've been. Um, we've, we've, I, don't, I haven't put the same team out once um, in any games. We've had players playing out of position, a lot of um, lads just doing their best in, in places where they, they really shouldn't be playing, not at this level. So I don't know. I hope that after September, we can look at it and say that's, that's probably a more accurate reflection of, of what we are as a team um, because we'll have the players there to actually show that because, yeah, we it's not been good so far and I think everyone's had that issue. I would challenge anyone who's had it worse than us. We also had our top scorer for the last three or four years has been out, um, who broke his toe um, in one of those kind of COVID season things, those games we did. We had our starting right back who tore his ankle ligaments three days before the season started. It's one of them. You don't want to make excuses, but then you look at the list and I made a list. I made a list called <laughs> all the things that have gone wrong in my first beginning of the season. <laughs> And, uh, and it was very long, but we, we are getting there. So very long-winded answer, and I'm sorry, but we're, we'll know, I think, by the end of September, you know, what the lads can actually do, because they'll actually all be there. You, you've given us a flavour there, obviously, some of the challenges you've, you've been up against. I mean, how has the virus been affecting you? Have you lost any players through um, sort of being pinged? <laughs> yeah. On average, we've had six players unavailable for every game. Um, and that's on average. So that's gone up. We've had, you know, eight. Um, I think one we had actually 10 players that were unavailable. And out of them, you're looking at about seven that were our starting players. Um, now, that wasn't all getting pinged. We've had lads that have gone on holiday because um, they weren't able to. But that was mm. from the virus, obviously, because they come in later. So, yeah, it, it's it's affected us massively. Things have been completely different. Um do you know a good thing? And I was chatting to the Sherbourne manager about this and a couple of the other lads that have been doing it longer than I have. And I've asked nearly all of them, is it always like this? <laughs> and they've, and, and to a man, and they've all been great to be fair. And they've all said, look, don't worry too much. You don't generally get it this, this bad. Um, I mean, let's talk about Sherbourne because they've had a fantastic start to this yeah. season. I mean, given everything you've just said, not least the result against Gillingham, you, you, it's quite, it would be quite understandable for you to have gone into that game fearing the worst. But, uh, I mean, did you do anything differently? Was it just a fast turnaround and the opportunity to perhaps get that, that Saturday result, you know, out of the system that meant that you, um, you know, you took all three points against Sherbourne on Monday? First of all, yes, it helped to play so quickly after Gillingham. We had a very frank discussion after that game. We had players missing and it was difficult. I think with Sherbourne, we did a slightly different thing um, in terms of asking the players to almost make a list of things that they're going to hold each other accountable for, not for it to be on the management's back. You know, we want them to do things, we ask them to do things, but actually they need to stand up and look at each other on the pitch and know that they're holding each other accountable. So we did a bit of an exercise before the Sherbourne game and they wrote a couple of things down and they put it up on the wall and they, they kind of said, right, you know, this is what we're going to be as a team going forward now that we've got players back. In many ways, we said, you know, Monday, this is really where our season starts and there's no excuses from now on. So although I've spent the last five minutes giving you a, a ton of excuses, it, it kind of for us, it was like on that Monday, that all goes out the window. And we need to kind of step up and have a performance and we need a reaction. And, you know, they reacted. So, you know, it's one of those things. It was probably a little bit of that, but it was down to the players. They, they stood up and realised that if they do things the way they were doing it, they're going to get beat by teams that, Certainly, we didn't think that we should be getting beat by. So, you know, it was, it was a credit to the players, really. And that was the main thing. It was kind of attitude. We just started September and you've already played nine matches. Given what you've said about the issues with availability, obviously, that's, um, that's, that's made the, uh, the, the start difficult for you. It has made it difficult. Other teams have done, it, have done the same. Um, my only my main query would be that as of now on the fixture list we've got three games in september you know it speaks for itself doesn't it if we're going to do all those games in august but then we're only going to have three in september then why don't we play 
at the very least, you know, we could we could have done say six in September, um, and then fewer in August, or balanced it out. So I'm I'm struggling at the moment to understand the fixtures. The way things worked out last season, um, you were obviously in the hunt for promotion, and when I say that. Um, the, the methodology that the FA used to combine the, the two COVID-interrupted seasons. Um, I know that the club um, put in a, an application that, you know, in the event you were given the opportunity, you, you know, you would have you would have gone up. I mean, were you up for the challenge of, um, of playing in the Western League's Premier Division? Yeah, so Simon, um, the chairman, um, Dave, the rest of the committee were all massively behind that. Um, and we were planning to go up. So right till the day that we were told that we weren't, basically. Um, and we were very confident that we've got the team to be able to do that. Um, but on the basis of what's happened in terms of how many clubs went into the, that league from Cornwall, it's not as attractive, I'll have to be honest with you. Um, and also with the amount of unavailability that we've had and, and how COVID has affected us and, and all the rest of it. I think it's probably a blessing in the end that we didn't go up, but the team behind me and the management and certainly the club were were really pushing it. And so were we. And the players were a bit gutted that we didn't go up, to be honest with you. But it's one of them. In the end, I think we missed out by like 0.1 of a point or something ridiculous. And, you know, you look back at a game against Longwell Green where they scored in the last minute and you think, right, that could have been it. But, you know, what's gone is gone. We're just focusing on this season and... and you know, maybe there's a hangover from that where the players are looking at it thinking, oh, well, we should be in the league above, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if you don't turn up to places like Gillingham, you're never going to get out of this league. So we just have to keep going and, and beat what's in front of us, really. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, it's sort of a non-traditional way of being disappointed. Normally, you know, <laughs> we, the league table doesn't lie. And uh, at yeah. the end of the season, you know, you either get the promotion place or you don't. And I know... We've sort of reflected on clubs that have narrowly missed out on whether they can go again. But actually, to not be able to go again because of the coronavirus pandemic is the sort of is is a very strange. It's a very strange set of of criteria. It's a very set. You know, it's a very strange time that we're working on. But it is interesting to hear you reflect on whether or not actually that opportunity to go up has meant that the players, you know, have had perhaps a bit of a, a you know a bit of a dip this season. I think potentially, I. Just looking at the league in general, I mean the games that I've, you know, we've watched and we've we've played in. I think the standard has dropped significantly from two years ago when we had a full season. Watching the games, the quality of football isn't as good. Um, definitely, I mean the game that we played against Warminster, one of the worst games of football I've ever seen in my entire life, playing um, or managing. Um, you know the standard was so low and. That was really unexpected, and I, but I've seen it throughout. I mean, I haven't watched as player team where I've thought, oh, you know, they're they're really decent. Probably Sherborne were, were not bad. Um, Lebec had spells where they looked they looked like a good team, but a, a lot of it has gone really downhill. And I think that's got to do with the pandemic. I think it's lads haven't played football for two years, maybe properly. You know, really put a stint in. We because it takes. 10, 15 games for you to really get your eye in and to be feeling like, right, I'm, I'm really on this. And I think that probably as a league, and I expect that it's around the country, the standard is, is definitely pretty low at the moment. I, hopefully that gets a little bit better as the season goes on because it's not great to watch. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a shining and, uh, endorsement for Western League first division yeah, football. Yeah, right? I don't think it's just the Western League. I, I I would be surprised if it's not everywhere. But yeah, it's definitely a thing. It's an interesting point. So, in terms of your own ambitions for this season, then obviously you've mentioned that you don't really know where sort of Red Stock are going to be shaping up until you've you know you've got out of September, which is not an unreasonable point to make. But I mean, what we what are your ambitions um, for this season? Before the season started, um, promotion. And I would say it's still that. I don't think, as I said, I haven't, I haven't seen any teams that I think are like particularly good. Uh, Welton have made a strong start, but again, I haven't actually. We've seen them play once and against Longwell Green, and again, I mean, this, this, for me, the standard was pretty low. So, I think if we can pull it together, we've got a chance of, of being in that pack um, to look at promotion. But. Again, you, you know, you've got to you've got to just win one game at a time at the moment. It's a cliche, but 
you know, I, I feel stupid even saying we've got a target at the moment because things are just so all over the place, and they have been, that we need to just settle down, take it, have a look where we are at Christmas, and then then we can really say, well, okay, well, we're banging the pack still. Let, let's have a good crack at promotion. Um, but that's what we want. But what we want and what we can achieve is based really on the commitment and the attitude of the players. And as of now, you know, we are, that remains to be seen. Although I, I do think they can do it, but we, you know, you've got to start winning games. And if promotion means going into the Premier Division and all that entails with the travel distance, then uh, then you can live with that. Yeah, fantastic. Why not? Um, there's absolutely no point in doing stuff if you're not committed to being as good as you can be. And again, that's been the big frustrations. We haven't been able to do that yet. But yeah, absolutely. We, the club are up for it. Like I said um, before we started this interview, there's a lot of money going into the kind of refurbishment of the ground um, and the area around it. Um, and we've got a really young team um, who are kind of improving and they're all ambitious as well. And, and they were really disappointed not to go up. So, yeah, you know, the, the club are ready to do it. There's been talk that we might even get moved sideways uh, into the Hellenic potentially. So, you know, you just... You do as best as you can and then you just go for it, I think. That's the attitude of the club at the moment. Well, let's get back to matters on the pitch. You've got Portis Head on Saturday. Now, they've had a similar start to yourselves. How important is it for you to build on that positive result against Sherbourne and, and get something out of Saturday's game? Massive. We haven't won back-to-back games yet. So the lads are extremely happy with the Sherbourne result. But, it, again, it doesn't actually mean much unless you can put it together into a string of results. That's what it's all about. So... Porter's Ed is a huge game for us. And then, you know, we've got a, a Vars game afterwards mm. as well, which we'd, we'd love to do well in as well. So, yeah, every single game now, now the excuses have all gone, is absolutely massive for us all the way till Christmas. And, I mean, looking looking down the uh, the hill into Midsummer Norton, um, obviously <laughs> the uh, Welton Rovers are going are going rather well. In fact, actually, I mean, they're going so well, they're sort of running away with it a little bit at the, at the moment. I mean, uh, you know, do you see them being there or thereabouts come the end of the season? Well, they're, they're going about it pretty well to, to have that, aren't they? Um, I just don't see anybody that I've seen that's massively good. And I think Welton have been able to take advantage of that because they've had a pretty settled team. Um, but we'll see. I can't wait to play them on Boxing Day, like I said. So, <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Whether or not they'll run away with it or they'll just fall back into the pack, I'm not sure. That remains to be seen. But last night's result against Cheddar, um, that was a hell of a result for them, to be fair. So, you know, we'll see. But they've got, they've got a decent team up there. They've got a good budget up there. So it's to be expected. What about any of the other um, sides in the in the first division? Who else do you think might be there or thereabouts come the final whistle? It's difficult, isn't it? Because before the season, I would have said Wincanton, and they've had they've had a really strange start, and then they've gone and won nine one, and that that does sum up the, the season so far, doesn't it? I mean, you, even Cheddar, really good start. You've seen them get beaten pretty comfortably, and you've seen them beat teams really comfortably as well. And I think you know Cheddar are always going to be strong. Welton have made a good start. Sherborne looked like a decent team when we played them. So, yeah, I'd say those that group of teams, I wouldn't be surprised as well um, if Wincanton didn't have a bit of a push, to be honest with you, once they've sorted out whatever it is that they've had going on, because there's surely there's been, a, they've probably had some issues that probably people don't know about. So, yeah, I would say those teams would probably have a good crack at it. Now, you mentioned earlier that your next home game is against Arundel in the in the FA Vars. That's coming up on the uh, the 11th of, um, of September. You also talked about the investment that's going on up in Southfields. And, you know, we've we've sort of covered that certainly during lockdown. I know there's a lot of excellent work done to the clubhouse. I, I came up earlier this season and, and, and saw it myself. So really that Arundel game in the Vars, it's an exciting. I know it's an important opportunity for you on the pitch to progress in that competition. But off the pitch, it's a great opportunity for people to come and see what's going on at Radstock Town. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's such a welcoming club, Radstock. I mean, it's such a family club. It's the kind of club where, we, you know, we, they did a, a food drive during the pandemic and a massive community effort. Loads of people are up there. Um, yeah, they're putting a significant amount of money that they've managed to get from grants um, into the club. So they've got a kind of a five-year plan, which is pretty impressive, actually. So looking forward to Arundel coming down but, you know, it's hard. Again, you want to see all those things off the pitch, you, you know, everything else. 
But at the end of the day, we need to just start stringing some wins together. That really is what makes a good football club is winning football games. And my thanks to Ryan for his time. Now, uh, looking ahead, Tom, we have the fixtures on Saturday, the 4th of September. Before we get into the Western League games, we have got three matches uh, in the FA Cup. Basingstoke entertain Bridgewater Town. Shepton Mallet are at home to Taunton Town. And Truro City, they play Exmouth Town. And, of course, Truro play at Plymouth Parkway. So that's a ground that I'm sure Exmouth uh, will know well. We'll keep everything crossed um, for our teams in FA Cup competition. It times like this that we experience the double-edged sword because um, we've been lamenting the fact that so many FA Cup ties have been all Western League affairs. Well, on this occasion, all of our sides managed to avoid each other, which is very good. But, uh, of course, if they all lose, then we haven't got anybody in the next round. But anyway, never mm. mind that. Um, moving on to the Premier Division, Tom, which, um, which fixture caught your eye there? Gone for Saltash Buckland. Uh, Saltash coming off the yeah back of a couple of couple of tough results. Uh, Buckland um, doing a little bit doing a little bit better, but uh, yeah, two teams that I think yeah from early early reports will probably challenge towards the the top half. I would say um, so. Yeah, it's pretty good pretty good fixture down there, and hope to see if Saltash can sort of bounce back. Um, as I say, a couple of couple of toughies recently. So uh, well, and another another difficult game on Saturday, but that's for yeah that's where they'll they'll prove their metal maybe. Absolutely. Now, Canesham have made a very good start to this season. They take on Street, of course, who just picked up that um, uh, that uh, that win against um, Bridgewater. So I'm sure they'll be uh, um, uh, they'll be full of confidence. That's um, Street are at home to Canesham in that in that fixture. Um, but I think um, you know my eye is caught by Mousel against Millbrook, two sides that I think we're expecting to go well in this season's Premier Division, and absolutely no reason to believe that they won't. But both have made slow starts, so um, three points on Saturday. If indeed um, one of them can manage it, then uh, I think that will um, that will give either of those a, a much-needed fillip to their to their season, and indeed two sides that we still expect to go well. Uh, in this campaign. But anyway, we'll move on now to the first division, Tom, and which uh, which games caught your eye there? I've gone for the top one. Uh, we've got AEK Bocco against Sherbourne. So obviously we just just brushed off on uh, Sherbourne and their, their bank holiday defeat. Um, but uh, they're still up in sixth. Pretty good start for them. Uh, and they travel to take on a Bocco side. Uh, I believe they're still, still uh, undefeated. Um, really promising uh, opening couple of, couple of weeks for them. Uh, so they're fifth, just ahead of Sherborne as things stand. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty good game. Tough one again for for Sherborne. See if they can um, see if they can get back in the winners' circle. But Bocco, yeah, hoping to maintain that unbeaten start. Well, I'm going to go for the basement battle. It's a bit, you know, under normal circumstances, it would be too it would be too early to talk about six pointers. But I, I'm not entirely sure that we aren't already there for two sides, Devizes and Almondsbury. Both sides have played eight games. Um, neither side has managed a victory yet. They take each other on. Uh, it's at Almondsbury, so they have home advantage. Um, but I'm sure both sides will very much fancy an opportunity to get points on the board there. And that just may be what they need to, um, to lift them um, away from the, uh, the wrong end of the, uh, the first division table. So um, I would like to say all eyes will be on the bottom of the first division West in the Western League. I doubt that very much that is the case. My eyes will certainly be on the bottom of the first division, and that's why I've picked the game. Anyway, um, Tom, thank you very much indeed um, for your time this week. Uh, I know that sort of, you know, bank holiday... Is, uh, is a slightly tricky one for you and the bulletin, but you have got some excellent coverage um, from the Saturday games. And for those people who enjoyed our, our coverage of, of those matches, where can they find your bulletin? Yeah, so that's on the uh, the Western League website. Uh, it's about yeah, halfway down the homepage. You can usually find the, the latest bulletin, uh, and that's available to sort of download and yeah, read at your leisure. So, yeah, that'll be usually um, produced sort of every every Sunday morning, looking back on the, the games. So, yeah, next week's obviously be a... A little bit of a bumper, bumper, uh, bumper bulletin with uh, yeah the bank holiday matches uh, included in that one. So uh, yeah, plenty to, plenty to look back on and plenty to look forward to. I think. Splendid, Tom. Thanks ever such a lot um, for your uh, for your time this week and of course your work on the bulletin on next week's podcast. Of course, um, we will have the answer to our Sabutio related quiz question. But from Tom and myself, you have been listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>